Welcome back to Walkton Entertainment. I'm your host, Peter Walkton, and today we're going to do something very different than what I normally do. So this podcast is normally dedicated to purely doing film reviews, but uh, due to popular demand, I've had a lot of people ask me if I'm going to reveal some of the best and the worst films that I saw during 2020, and I even put out a bit of an Instagram poll recently, and everyone has voted 100% yes, and so I thought rather than just post lists and be quite boring, I thought I'd do something with my podcast and uh, maybe all going well this might be my final podcast for 2020 and then obviously during 2021 we will begin season two on track for a lot more podcasts to come. And I don't need to reiterate what 2020 was all about in regards to COVID. We all realise, those that are listening today, we all know that 2020 was quite a challenging year for a lot of people. Uh, Obviously, for cinemas, it was also a very challenging year for films and cinemas. And uh, I most certainly tried to do my part to support a lot of the films that were still being released in cinemas, as well as films that were being released straight on digital or straight on disc. Uh, And I sincerely hope that you've enjoyed the content that has been released by Walkton Entertainment this year. Uh, It's definitely been different to what I've experienced when it comes to reviewing films. And one word of warning I will give to those listening today is that I will reveal right now my best and worst films of 2020. But you need to understand that this list is not final. This list will actually change over the course of next year. There are a lot of films that should have came out this year that have been delayed and postponed that may or may not actually sneak in to the best and worst category of 2020. Um, I'm thinking of films like A Quiet Place Part 2, whereas A Quiet Place Part 1 was one of my top-rated films when that film came out. So there's a good opportunity that this list is going to change quite dramatically. So my only terms and conditions with revealing these lists to you on this podcast is to simply say that these lists are not final. They could change quite dramatically in early 2021. So this list is really just to give you an update on where my top 10 best and worst films are currently sitting in the present day. Um, The two lists that I'm going to reveal also don't include, say, like documentaries. I don't know why. I'm never a fan to include documentaries within my top 10. I'm just not a fan of it. And I'm also going to reveal just a couple of insights and statistics about Walkton Entertainment that you might find a little fascinating. And I just want to sort of reveal just some of my goals and where my heart generally lies with Walkton Entertainment. So if you're listening, it's an honor to share that with you as well. So in case you're wondering as well, this podcast won't contain any sort of major spoilers or any sort of major reveals as I talk about a lot of the films that I watched within 2020. So if you are concerned, you can have peace of mind. We're purely talking about the titles and generally the film scores as to where they sit in my top 10. So you can have peace of mind about that today as well. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast may or may not be aware that Walkton Entertainment as a brand or as a name is only just over a year old. Um, Previously, I've had different names or different film-related names that I've gone by, but Walkton Entertainment has definitely been the most successful name and branding, and I'm definitely going to be sticking with it. Um, I've been writing reviews for a few years now. To give you a quick little summary, in 2017, I wrote only 63 reviews or 63 films that I actually viewed. In 2018, it was 104. In 2019, I wrote and published 135 
film reviews. And as of 2020, I basically set a goal. I set a target where I really wanted to hit 200 films to watch and review. And uh, to my surprise, um, checking the statistics for today on Christmas Eve, I've actually achieved 196 film reviews or 196 films um, that I've watched. So hopefully between now and the end of the year, um, I'm going to aim for at least another four films to get over the line. But 196 was a fantastic result. Um, Considering in progress right now, I've got 22 film reviews, which is extraordinary. And if you missed out of the end results last year, here's a quick summary for you as to how 2019 looked and then in comparison to 2020. My worst film of 2019, so going back to last year, was a film called Wounds, which was released on Netflix. Uh, This was a straight-to-digital horror film, and it was simply the worst film of 2019, which received a film score of 1.0 out of 10. And I'm not going to talk about this film, it's just not worth my effort, but that was my worst film of 2019. But my highest rated film of 2019 last year was actually Joker, uh, which I gave a complete review score of 10 out of 10, followed closely by Parasite, um, which also received 10 out of 10. And coming into third place was actually Toy Story 4, which also received a film score of 10 out of 10. So in regards to the 2020 film reviews that I'm now going to reveal to you on my list, they don't contain any of the films that were released this year that are 2019. But I am going to give a couple of honourable mentions of films that are 2019 released, but were really positive and were really highly reviewed by me. So two really great films that came out in 2020, they're officially 2019 titles. The first one is Sound of Metal, um, which is about a metal drummer who begins to lose his hearing. Now that's available on Amazon Prime. Um, I had a fascinating experience watching this film. It is a drama, it's quite gripping as well, Uh, but that received a film score of 9.1 out of 10. And the second title I want to highlight, which I wasn't really expecting to be as good as it was, is a film called Deerskin, um, which I gave 9.0 out of 10. Um, This film is now available on DVD and Blu-ray from retailers. And this film was about a man that buys a deerskin jacket and he becomes so obsessed with it that he starts going down a very dark path. And my goodness, did I enjoy this film. So there's a couple of films from 2019 that I want to give honourable mentions. And without further ado, let's talk about 2020. And before we talk about the good stuff, we got to talk about the bad films of 2020. So I'm going to be counting down from 10 to 1, and number 1 is obviously the worst film of 2020. But coming in at number 10, we're going to go with Brahms' The Boy 2. This was an unnecessary sequel. Uh, It was really something that wasn't needed. It didn't warrant a sequel. It's a film that has completely different characters altogether. And the really big thing that upset me with this film, or not upset me, but frustrated me, is it really contradicted the things that happened in the first film. And it kind of didn't stay true to the twists and reveals of that first film. So, and also the title is awful, Brahms the Boy 2. And I can imagine a lot of people being quite confused by this title. So I gave that 3.8 out of 10. 
Coming in with the exact same film score of 3.8 out of 10 and coming in at number 9 is unfortunately the animation known as Scoob. Uh, I really like Scooby-Doo. I guess you might say I'm a bit of a Scooby-Doo fan. I grew up with Scooby-Doo. But this cartoon really disappointed me and I was really gutted by the film's plot. It was incredibly forgettable. I thought the story was so outrageous and so ridiculous. There was nothing really memorable about this cartoon and I even attempted to share it with my son and even my son just couldn't get into it and it wasn't really enjoyable and as a Scooby-Doo film there was so much potential but it really felt disappointing and very wasted. Coming in at film score at 3.6 out of 10, we've got a horror thriller known as Follow Me. Follow Me is actually coming in the eighth place, but Follow Me was a really disappointing horror film. It attempts to be scary, it attempts to be full of mystery, it's highly predictable. Uh, I knew the ending within a matter of minutes of this film. It was very obvious where this film was going and at no point did I actually feel concerned for its characters. I never felt truly invested to what was going on and ultimately Follow Me was really a frustrating experience and attempted to be something very similar to films like Escape Room. And look, some people will enjoy this film, maybe some of the teenagers will, but for me, I just couldn't get into it. I found it highly disappointing. Coming in at 7th place is Doolittle, starring Robert Downey Jr. And surprisingly enough, I think this was one of the first films I watched of 2020. And very similar to Scoob, you know, it was a very disappointing kids film. I think some of the CGI was quite impressive. I think the look of the animals was great. But once again, it had a very disappointing plot. You know, the accent that Robbie Downey Jr. was using was way over the top and very silly. And it was even challenging at times to really understand and grasp what he was generally on about but considering I watched this film at the start of the year I really don't remember a lot of it but I remember in the moment that that was really disappointing so Doolittle received 3.5 out of 10. Coming in at number six, we've got a film called The Second. Now, depending on where you live, it, this film goes by another title. It's actually called The Second Amendment. Um, this was extremely disappointing. Here in Australia, this film didn't actually get a theatrical release. It just came out straight to DVD. And it has an actor that I really enjoyed from the 90s. Um, I may say his name wrong, but I'll give it a go. Uh, Ryan Phillippe. Um, he was an actor that I really enjoyed seeing in the 90s. But when this film came out, out, I had high hopes. It was an absolute mess from start to finish as a diehard wannabe and this film received a film score of 3.2 out of 10. Another big film that came out direct on DVD which had some really big names in it including Val Kilmer was a film called Pay Dirt. Now Pay Dirt was really again disappointing. This film had a lot going on with it. It was very muffled and very confusing and I really felt sorry for Val Kilmer because some of you may know he's going through a number of health issues personally which I'm not going to dive into but you know his character was dubbed from start to finish and I I didn't really take that in consideration when reviewing the film but the plot was a mess it's basically a heist film that builds up all this mystery and at the end it just goes down the path of big reveals and it was absolute nonsense so pay dirt receives 3.0 out of 10. 
Coming in at number four is a Bloomhouse film which I had high hopes for. It was based on a well-known TV series which basically introduced a horror element and naturally I'm talking about Fantasy Island starring Lucy Hale. This film was an absolute disappointment to me. Uh, I had high hopes because I thought the concept was great. I thought the premise was brilliant. I thought what a great idea to take a fun TV series and turn it into a horror. But unfortunately while watching this film I really felt like my time was wasted. The film is absolutely riddled with loopholes including its big reveal and by the end of this film I couldn't have cared less uh, about this film and what it delivered so unfortunately Fantasy Island received a film score of 2.5 out of 10. So here we are now we're getting to the nitty gritty we're up to our last three titles from the worst films of 2020 and coming in at number three received a film score of 1.8 out of 10 starring the big actor Mel Gibson and unfortunately I'm referring to the film Force of Nature and look this was very disappointing for me because I thought you know very similar to a lot of the films I'm talking about. I thought the premise was really good. I thought the idea was very clever. But unfortunately, Force of Nature just felt really silly to me. I thought the leading characters were also quite disappointing. And I thought the presence of Mel Gibson, I really thought that this would actually raise the film up a notch. But Mel Gibson is basically doing something that we've seen before. Even his lines of dialogue where he's running around swearing and calling lead characters kid, kid, kid and doing all these things, it felt very repetitive and unfortunately nothing really new and fresh came out of this film. If you're looking for a brainless and over-the-top action film, well, you know what? Force of Nature is going to deliver that to you. But for me, I found this film truly painful and I can only compare it to the term of torture. Coming in at number two, we've got the very excellent Mr. Dundee. This film was actually released on Amazon Prime. Uh, I was incredibly excited for this film. Why? Because I was a... I was a big fan of Crocodile Dundee growing up. Um, I'm still a huge fan, when it comes to Australian cinema, of the very first Crocodile Dundee film. Uh, so I watched this film on the very day it got released. I was so excited to watch it and I was so frustrated and saddened by this film. Paul Hogan isn't really being Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan is playing Paul Hogan. And it was a real disappointing film because... It was really just, I don't know, it was just a bunch of random scenes put together. Um, it's got all these major celebrities who do nothing. And this film, in the end, was really nothing. There was no purpose for it. It was really more of a cash grab to promote Crocodile Dundee again. And I was really saddened by this film. It should have been a fantastic, humorous film. The jokes were just awful. And the plot, if you can call it that, felt really non-existent. So the very excellent Mr. Dundee received a film score of 1.7 out of 10. And now the moment you've been waiting for, I know you've been waiting for this moment, the number one worst film I watched in 2020 was a film that went straight to DVD. It didn't even get a theatrical release. And uh, once again, starring Lucy Hale. So this is her second film on my top 10 list of worst films of 2020. And today I'm talking about a rom-com 
called A Nice Girl Like You. Um, this was a very, very, very heartbreaking film to watch, uh, mostly because I think Lucy Hale does actually have talent. I think she's more capable than doing films like this and films like Fantasy Island. Um, I thought the plot for this film was terrible, but that being said, I didn't even take the plot too much into account because it was more about the jokes, the gags, the performances, the messages it was trying to tell me. And if you want to know the plot, it's about a girl who lives with a guy and this guy is obsessed with watching adult videos and when Lucy Hale's character confronts him and catches him, she basically says, you either pick me, Lucy Hale, or you pick your adult videos and this guy dumps Lucy Hale for adult videos, which... I mean, firstly, who dumps Lucy Hale? That's crazy. Um, secondly, you know, instead of moving on with her life and basically finding someone that's more in tune with her personality or what her beliefs might be, instead we follow a character who starts to submit to investigating the adult world, you know, visiting adult shops and watching adult videos and doing adult things. Um, it felt very silly to watch. But putting that plot aside, you know, I thought the jokes and gags here were so silly and so childish. There's a scene where Lucy Hale is performing at a wedding because she plays the cello. And I remember that one of the jokes in this film is when a bride and groom are riding on a horse down the aisle and the horse does a massive poo. And Lucy Hale and the rest of the wedding band are trying to keep a straight face while this horse does a massive poo because poos are supposedly funny and um, that was a terrible joke and I get that the horse's poo stinks and people are trying to remain calm while trying to play at a wedding. It's not funny. It was so silly and I couldn't believe the kind of jokes that I was watching and I really thought to myself, Lucy Hale, you either need a new agent or you need to start picking better films because this was really terrible. Uh, the film really does try to deliver a positive message, but within the next scene, it shoots itself in the foot and contradicts its own positive messaging. So that's a short version of that film. I gave it 1.2 out of 10, and that is my worst film of 2020. And one thing they'll reveal that's really funny, or at least I think it's really funny, I watched a screener two nights ago. I haven't written the film review for it yet, but based on the notes that I've collected, there is a strong chance that it may actually outdo this film as the worst film of 2020. The only downfall is the film review can't be published or released until January slash February. So that film is actually embargoed. So you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to read and hear more about that film that I just watched. But right now, as it stands, A Nice Girl Like You is unfortunately a film that I'm telling everyone to avoid at all costs. And now that I've revealed that list, I feel so much better. I feel like there's a big weight taken off my back. And uh, now I'm keen to reveal to you my top 10 as it stands on Christmas Eve for 2020. Uh, there's going to be some titles in this list that people are most certainly going to argue, disagree, maybe even frown upon. And you just have to remind yourself that when you're listening to this podcast, it's just an opinion, people. So relax. So coming in at number 10, once again, going down from 10 to 1, one being my favorite film that I watched in 2020. Number 10 is a film called High Ground starring Simon Baker and this is also an Australian film. So this movie actually just snuck in 
on my top 10. Uh, this film itself releases officially in Australia on January the 28th. Um, and I actually had the honor of attending a preview screening in December. High Ground receives a film score of 7.1 out of 10. Coming in at the spot of number nine, we've got a film with funny man Bill Murray called On the Rocks. This was a really nice rom-com. I really, really loved Bill Murray in this film. I just think he was basically the highlight of this film. And it was just a nice, touching film without being too serious and without being too silly. And I really enjoyed the film's plot. I enjoyed the premise. And as I've already mentioned, I just loved Bill Murray's presence in this film. Um, this film is only available at this stage on Apple TV Plus. Um, so if you've got an Apple TV Plus subscription, you can actually watch this film today. And obviously, being on my top 10, it naturally comes recommended. So coming in at number eight, I've got The King of Staten Island. So this was directed by Judd Apatow. This is the guy that's done a number of comedy films that generally normally go too long, uh, like This Is 40 and Knocked Up. But The King of Staten Island really surprised me. Uh, I just found this film to be, you know, A, I found it to be quite funny, and then I found it to be quite dramatic at certain moments. And I thought the plot was great. Um, you know, even though it's got a lengthy runtime, I really didn't feel it. And in the end, I found this film to be quite pleasing and I had a good time. So The King of Staten Island comes in at 7.3 out of 10. This is also the same film score as On the Rocks starring Bill Murray. Coming in at number seven is a film that actually did go to Australian cinemas and that film is called Alone. So this film was really surprising to me. It starts off as a a road rage film but it becomes so much more and it's a film that doesn't really have a lot of characters and a lot of actors but the suspense level is most certainly there and the level of creativity is most certainly evident. If you want to watch a film that has a lot of suspense and a lot of tension where a woman is trying to run away or is being chased for majority of the film, Alone really took me by surprise and I'm giving Alone a film score of 7.7 out of 10. Coming in at number six is certainly going to get some hate when I reveal this title. But remember, it's just my opinion. I didn't like Suicide Squad at all. It's my least favorite DC film. But when Birds of Prey came out, I was really excited for it because I thought Margot Robbie on her own is just brilliant. But when the film went to Australian cinemas, it copped a lot of hate. People were viewing this film and walking out in 15 minutes saying it was confusing, it didn't make sense. I watched this film on digital with my wife and I had such a blast watching this film. I thought Margot Robbie was brilliant in this film. I enjoyed how this film was just quirky and random and it was actually quite honourable as a continuation from the DC world. So I loved how this film wasn't just a random standalone film, but it was just fun. And if you stick with it, I really feel that the plot can make a lot of sense. So if you want to watch a DC film that's a lot of fun, I can't really speak that negative about Birds of Prey. And I gave it 7.9 out of 10. Coming in at number five, we've got Pixar and Disney presenting Onward. Now, I didn't see Onward in cinemas, but I did have the opportunity to check it out when it arrived on Disney+. Onward was a film that when I first saw the trailers, I thought, you know what? It doesn't really grab me. It's not really that appealing. I'll probably check it out because it's Pixar. I mean, who's not going to watch Pixar? But 
I watched Onward and I really enjoyed the journey that the characters went on. And I'll tell you what made me really speechless is the film's ending and third act, which really surprised me and which really tied up quite nicely. So I gave a film score for Onward of 8.0 out of 10. Coming in at number four is a film that I probably would not have watched if it wasn't for my loving wife, who is a major Jane Austen fan. And naturally, I'm talking about Emma. Now, for my review of Emma, I actually watched the film not once, but twice. And this film got released pretty early in the year. But I found Emma to be a lot of fun. I enjoyed the film's pacing. I loved the performances that are in this film. Both leading and also the side performances were great. And I just had a fun time watching Emma. And every time I rewatch it, I just find it to be really quirky and fun. And it's highly entertaining. And visually, I thought was also very positive. So Emma came in at 8.1 out of 10. Now we're entering our top three best and favorite films of 2020. Number three is the sci-fi slash horror film Sputnik. Some people call it Sputnik. I call it Sputnik. And if you listen to my podcast about this film, you'll understand why I call it that. But this was a great sci-fi film. Sci-fi horror films I find are very challenging to deliver because there's so many of them out there. And this was really new. This was really fresh. I enjoyed the visuals of this film. I enjoyed the plot. The ending was also quite unpredictable to me. I loved the opening of this film. I love the alien creature. I can talk about this film all day long. And the film did get a cinematic release in Australia. Right now, you can only watch it on digital. So if you get an opportunity and you're looking for a horror or a sci-fi film, check out Sputnik, which is spelled S. P-U-T-N-I-K, highly enjoyable. I gave it 8.2 out of 10. Coming in at number two is a film score of 8.7 out of 10. And Christopher Nolan did a great thing for cinemas around the world. He put up such a big fight to make sure this film was released the way that he intended. And of course, I'm talking about Tenant. Now, I know Tenant has a lot of mixed reviews. It's got a number of mixed opinions. My opinion really doesn't matter with Tenant because there are so many people that love Christopher Nolan and there are so many people that either enjoy this film or didn't actually enjoy this film. I didn't actually get the opportunity to see this film in cinema. The reason for it is I wanted to share this film with my wife and around the time that it was released, I had a one-year-old son. We didn't really want to go to the cinemas to see this film, even though it was the best way to watch it. But I did manage to get a 4K release in my home and I did manage to watch it and give a review before the end of the year. Tenant was really enjoyable for me. And I don't say that because I call myself a Christopher Nolan fan. The plot doesn't make sense 100% if I'm really honest. But upon the first watch, there was enough there that I enjoyed. There was enough there that I understood. The audio track... While some of the dialogue might be a little bit questionable, but again, for the majority, it's most certainly enjoyable. The action sequences are jaw-dropping, the plot is fun, and because it makes me think, I found that to be more of a positive. I think sometimes we get films that are too quick and too easy, but Tenant requires you to think, it requires you to focus, and I found that more as a positive, not as a negative. All right, this is it. Don't get scared now, as Kevin McAllister would say. We're about to reveal the number one film that I watched in 2020. 
And this film, would you believe it? I watched it in my own lounge room. Uh, the film did get a very limited release in cinemas, but it was for only two weeks until it landed on the big giant streaming platform that is Netflix. And naturally, I'm talking about the film known as The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, this film, I am not going to dive into its plot. I would rather say to you, if you haven't seen this film, do what I did, and that was to go into this film completely blind but it is based on a true story and if you're someone that really enjoys true stories if you enjoy court dramas and I sort of found it very comparable to the film known as A Few Good Men so if you enjoy films like that you will generally enjoy The Trial of the Chicago 7. For me I really enjoyed the performances in this film I found the plot really fascinating and the film itself goes on a fascinating journey and delivers a stunning third act which makes the film my most memorable viewing experience of 2020. Unfortunately there were no films this year that received what I call the gold star from me which basically means a film that's 9.5 or higher. No 2020 film got that from me this year at this stage. Um, but I did give The Trial of the Chicago 7 9.2 out of 10, and it is the one and only film that received a film score higher than 9.0, which is extraordinary for both Netflix, but it also gives you an idea of how crazy this year has been when it comes to cinema. And as I've already stated in this podcast, that list could very well change. I mean, looking back, we missed out on some really huge films. Black Widow, No Time to Die, which I was, you know, I was really anticipating that film. I'm a huge James Bond fan. We also unfortunately lost A Quiet Place Part 2. So it's going to be really interesting to see this list get updated and changed, which I will continue to do. But I really appreciate everyone's feedback, everyone messaging me, questioning me if I was going to reveal my best and worst. And based on your questions and your feedback, I've done this podcast. And um, while you're going to hear it at the end of this podcast with my automated wrap up, but I really just want to take this opportunity to say thank you. You know, thank you for your support. Thank you for your messaging and your encouragement. And just for everything that your listeners do, you know, I can't do without you. And so I really want to say sincerely thank you. If you're listening to this while you're driving around on Christmas Day, please be safe. Please be careful on the road. And while I can't reveal all the details and secrets of what I've got planned for 2021, but I can assure you I've got big goals and big dreams for Walked In Entertainment. Uh, looking back at 2020, this was the birth of our website. It was also the beginning of Walked In Entertainment podcast. So a lot of big things happened this year. And again, it's, it's all because of the support of followers to the people that are listening to this podcast right now. If I could give you a hug to say thank you, I would. But you know, COVID can't really do that. I'm sorry. But until next time, thank you again for listening. And we will most certainly talk again soon. Today, you've been listening to Peter Walkton from Walkton Entertainment, film reviewer and film collector located all the way from Queensland, Australia. If today is the very first time you're listening to an episode from Walkton Entertainment, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you for listening. 
If you're driving a car while listening to Walkton Entertainment today, please drive safely. We'd love to keep you around as long as possible. And remember, please stay off your mobile phones while driving because every distraction is certainly a killer. This podcast has been brought to you by Walkton Entertainment, which now has its very own website, which can be found at www.walktonentertainment.com. On this website, you'll find every single film review that's been done by Peter at Walkton Entertainment, plus you'll see upcoming reviews and also a number of podcasts. So make sure you check it out today. And if you're someone that loves social media, you'll be very happy to know that Walkton Entertainment is available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What? What's that, Rambo? Of course, Walkton Entertainment also has its very own Letterboxd account, which is available at Peter underscore Walkton. And if you're enjoying the content that's available on Walkton Entertainment Podcast, why not leave a quick review on your podcast application? Go on, do it. It only takes 30 seconds. Come on. To be kept up to date with further podcasts from Walkton Entertainment, all you need to do is hit that subscribe button on your application. Because let's face it, you never know what film I'm going to review next. Could it be Cloverfield, Casino, Batman Begins, Avengers Part 1, Ant-Man, Alien, Jack Reacher, Karate Kid, The Last Witch Hunter, Mad Max Fury Road, Mummy, Passengers, Predator, Resident Evil Afterlife, Scarface, Megaforce, Interstellar, Jurassic Park? <sighs> you just don't know. And until then, talk soon and remember... Keep watching.